0: And welcome, once again, to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. Um, This is the second part of our Fall Fan episode, and, or whatever we're calling it, Jimmy, since you came in, because you missed most of the first episode, you relinquished the right to label the name this now. Um, (laughs) I'm Bob McDonald, I'm over at Twitter, (laughs) not my theme music, Jimmy.
1: No, no music.
0: mine would probably be something along the lines of dmx but again due to copyright issues that sure as hell ain't gonna happen you say
1: episode. you say dmx like dmx
0: like, like, like x gonna give it to you dmx yes i'm bob yeah. mcdonald you can find me on twitter at bob McDonald. And, um right. now now jimmy jimmy lemke are my co-host hello uh, Yes, uh, found, on on Twitter Hello, at PantherU, um, and you can catch us on uh, on Twitter the podcast at HorizonRT. And as yeah. we, I do want to kind of reintroduce everybody who is on the forum, um, as I did the last episode. I'm going to do this in alphabetical order. So uh, John Durda, representing Cleveland State. Hey, everybody That's go me. bikes. All right, and let's see Don't here. Wear. Oh, you know, dude, seriously, uh, Jim, Sarah.
2: Hey, I'm here, and uh, I just want to say I'm a West South Central graduate and a Green Bay graduate, so I'm waiting for my stunners from uh, Jimmy today.
0: Uh, we're gonna, we're, dis- oh, we're predisposed to be at odds. Predisposed God. to be at odds. All oh, right, man. Yeah, so we, we, uh, and then we also have Chris Schutte, representing IUPUI.
1: Hello, hello. All right. Oh, yeah, Shooty, uh, that's awesome.
0: Dude, I told you he was going to be on. You really need to pay well, attention. I knew he was
1: going to be on. Uh, I just I d- I didn't here. know if it was Chris Hart or Chris shooty that wasn't going to make it.
0: Yeah, actually, they both should be here, but, you know, I got one. Oh, we got half. Anyway. Uh, we got
1: know, the Matt cool half. half. That's, That's right. That's what we Who got. Oh, God. Matt, Matt Dudek, Oakland. Hey
3: there, everybody.
0: And What's Ricky up? Redner, over at, uh, over at Wright State.
3: Hey, guys. How's it going? I am Ricky, by...
1: it's been like four years since I've seen you, buddy. I
3: know, man. I still have the rally towel. Literally, hey, I'm looking you at do? it right now in my room. So,
1: does it do? Do you get a pang of sadness every time you look at it?
3: I've got like 400 rally towels in here, so like it. No, not really, but yeah, it does bring a little tear. I'm not
1: gonna lie. It's okay. I was, I was, I actually was talking to Tybee not that long ago, and we were reminiscing about that championship game.
3: <laughs> oh man, what a night! Yeah.
1: Oh. yeah. So it was a fun night.
0: So one of the questions that I had that I want—I actually wanted to bring up—and this is something that—and God, I wish uh, I, I wish one of the northern I, I, we, I was able to grab one of the northern Kentucky guys—and one of the questions I wanted to ask is about is about rivalries. Yeah. And one of the things that I have kind of harped upon forever is. You know, you you see a lot of opportunities for natural rivalries. I mean, sure. You know, Matt, I'm sure can you know you know he gives Carrick a bunch of crap about Detroit all the time. Actually, he gives crap about Detroit to all Detroit fans all the time.
4: <laughs> all five um, of them hear me too. Let me tell you. Those five are well aware of how I
0: feel. And <laughs> I, I know the and I know the Northern Kentucky guys are, are are really gunning for uh gunning for the right state folks these days. Makes perfect sense. You guys are about what an hour away from each other.
3: Yeah, just about fifty-five miles, I believe.
0: There you go. So, and you know, Jimmy, Jim, I don't need to tell. I don't need to tell you about uh, Green Bay, Milwaukee. I,
1: t- I, t- I tell you what, like the the way the way I see rivalries. There's, you can have you can have several. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's there's some bit of rivalry with you know for Milwaukee there's a little bit of rivalry with just about everybody in the room. Sure. I guess I'm kind of representing Youngstown State a little bit here, so uh, Youngstown State definitely has a rivalry with like Tiffin and St. Francis of <laughs> Pennsylvania. And well, oh, wait no, but they're Wilberforce. <laughs> Wilberforce for sure, dude. Wilberforce and Youngstown, man, <laughs> just. These are not at each other's throats.
0: You know what? These are not, and I'm glad you brought Youngstown State up too, by the way, because for me, for me, for me as a Cleveland State fan, yeah, I need to have this rivalry. I have to have this Cleveland State Youngstown State rivalry. It Mm -hmm. has to, I have, I said, I have, I actually wrote about it last year saying it was never going to happen ever. Because our fan bases suck too bad, but damn it, I need it. I mean I need this rivalry. Well well Bobby, I
1: mean you, you need a fan base before you can have a rivalry, on me, and God a rivalry damn it, I mean it's not I'm a fan and you and a couple others, but <laughs> Well, I don't yeah. know.
2: I mean at least in the Cleveland oh go ahead, Jimmy.
1: I was I was I was gonna say, like for for f- f- however many fans there are, because we all we all have the in state high majors. Yeah. And they don't look at us as potential rivals. But if no. you go to a place like Virginia, you know, Virginia looks at VCU as a as a rival. UCLA looks at San Diego State as a rival. You know, th- th- there's, there's the potential for it. And even though, you know, we don't have the fan, those big, huge fan bases, I feel like at least, you know, those of us that are into it, at least we'll have some, You know, they they can have that rivalry. You don't have to have, like, you don't have to pack the arena every time. But it should should matter more to the people that are there. And I know that when we, you know, when Butler was in the conference, that game mattered for everybody. That game mattered for everybody. And maybe Butler didn't give a crap about playing Youngstown until towards the end when Youngstown started inexplicably beating them. But yeah. that's the other part of it. As long as there's some winning on each side, and, that's and as the long other thing as the both teams care, there's rivalry. You know, Milwaukee, yeah. we don't have a rivalry with Marquette because we have yet to beat them in Division One, so mm-hmm. we can't we can't claim a rivalry. There's a potential for one if we were to play, if Marquette were to stop being punk punk ass bitches and play a home and home with us. <laughs> Yeah. But, but that can't, you know, they're, they're holding the cards. They don't want to play that. So that's fine. So there's no rivalry yet. But
2: Bob, for the uh, CSU YSU, one of the problems, I agree with what Jimmy's saying, the people that are there it has to matter to them, but CSU has demonstrated in the past, the ability to pack the arena. They have demonstrated that their people will come out when they're winning and doing well. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they were winning and doing well. Yep. And YSU <laughs> yeah. has never demonstrated the ability to pack their arena, and quite frankly, has never demonstrated the ability to do well in the wow. Horizon well, League what's
1: area. Tr- well, well what's I, tr- would, I, I want to point this out, this out. I want to point this out. Youngstown State did pack when they played Butler um, in 2011. They did sell out the Bailey Center legitimately. I will say uh, I will, yeah, but that's... Chiefs, they did.
2: Yeah, but Maybe. that's you know a nationally ranked team coming to your home arena. That's a uh, right. you know once right. in a lifetime. They're getting West Virginia there, but at a neutral site in Youngstown, and that will get sold out too because there's interest in the big time. Your Wait, what defines you your program site? is
1: yeah,
2: yeah. There's a little uh, there's like a arena in I think downtown Youngstown that West yeah. Virginia is coming to play. Center. Oh, Okay. Yep, but the um, idea so yeah. of getting people for the non when the other teams come that's what defines you know well, your fan base. I'm glad you okay.
0: mentioned that because of the fact that and and to your point jim if i'm not mistaken every time cleveland state goes to youngstown state they they actually that actually is one of the more well attended events i don't know why it is it actually i know why cuz it's a rivalry but on the flip side of course you know you know cleveland state it, it seems to me one side and also to your point is the fact that in sp- taking away the attendance yeah. over the past two or three years between Cleveland State and Youngstown State, the rivalry, that's a they're that the, the head-to-head record between those two is around 500. It's pretty well evenly split.
1: Yeah, it is, yeah. Bob. I mean, but when you look at the games, I mean, it is are both teams getting extra fans in the seat because they're playing each other. I I don't think that's the case.
0: Okay, good to know, but, you know, uh, so what is it? What does it need? What is what needs to happen for that? You know, yeah. And again, I'm, I'm at a for point something where...
1: for something to be called a rivalry or something to just I mean, uh, I, th- I think we're we got to make sure we define the question. Like, are you are you trying to, to be, figure out, like, how do, or, how do you define a how do you define rivals? What is it to, yeah. I would define it as as a, as as two teams where the the communities, the the, the fan bases care more. And that is demonstrated. sometimes it's demonstrated by showing up. Sometimes it's demonstrated by, you know, there's, there's any number of ways it can be demonstrated, but really like, you know, and, who gets and, up and how do, do the players care more to play that game?
0: All right. Well, uh, let me your point let me
3: try, I mean, yeah, oh, if, if, I, if I can because I know, who is Valhalla bah- Vanguard? If that's how you pronounce them on Twitter. Yeah, uh, they've they've been all over trying to create this rivalry with Wright State. I can tell you, as yep. one of the few lone Wright State representatives on Twitter, I could give two shits about Northern Kentucky. I, <laughs> I just, you know, from a, from a rivalry standpoint, I I sh- I went I actually was in Northern Kentucky last year when they played them. I was at Wright State when they played them. I could it's another league game for me. And, I mean it's, now, it now it's been it's been a good it's been decent games because it's been two top teams the last couple of years, but to me, and I guess to Jimmy's point too of them and Marquette, to me, my bigger rivalry is is Dayton, you know, UD. Now granted we don't play them every year, so it's not a rivalry, but I would much rather see UD lose or have a rivalry with them than I would northern Kentucky. I
1: mean here here I will say this. Like you, you bring up you'd rather see Dayton lose. Um I, I think everybody would be in agreement that Milwaukee and Green Bay are arch rivals. That there's, yes. There's there's no there's no argument there. I would rather see Green Bay win every non-conference game they play, than see Marquette beat Green Bay. Like when Green Bay beat Marquette, I was jumping around, excited as hell, because I hate a lot a lot of the way that Marquette fans would would treat us. Um, Wisconsin, I hate Wisconsin far, far more. Those guys are just arrogant pricks. But this, this, this whole idea of a, of a rivalry, like we can't have it until we beat each other. And for, for us, you know, I had friends that were Wisconsin fans that started caring a lot more about beating Milwaukee once we went and beat them a couple years ago. You know, that, that when we went in there in December 2015 into the Kohl Center and came out with the victory, all of a sudden the Wisconsin fans that are, that are friends of mine, which Jim will attest is most people in Wisconsin, all of a sudden those people yeah. actually cared about beating me. Now, it's one victory does not make a rivalry, but the, it shows that there's potential. It shows that there's potential for those games.
2: You know, one against thing I. Each, yeah. Good. I would say on the rivalry side of things, you're hitting on it. I think for Ricky with uh, Wright State and Northern Kentucky, I can say this from a Green Bay perspective, and I think, Jimmy, would be okay to, to speak this way. Yeah. Back 20 years ago, there wasn't a rivalry between Milwaukee and Green Bay. It was another game because Green Bay had won so many times. Yeah. Over don't, time. Don't tell the, my boss that. <laughs> <laughs> but when the games became more competitive, and in the early Kowalczyk and Pearl years, they were playing for something meaningful. They were playing for first and second place in the league. And suddenly that became a hot ticket, a hot game. And that still remains to this day a hot game because that rivalry was born out of the game, meaning something for the first time, geographically close, but then the game started to mean something. Wright state and Cleveland State, I don't think it's ever going to mean anything until Youngst- or, uh, not, Wright State, Youngstown State and Cleveland State's not going to mean anything until Youngstown State gets out of the cellar and does something with their team the way that Milwaukee did to uh, you know, right. rise up in the league can 15 say, years ago
3: to that point too I don't disagree and I've, and I've said this on Twitter I'm on the record saying this is that I think it could eventually become a rivalry and I think it could become a really good rivalry my point being is that I think the people on Twitter are trying to force it and I don't think you can force rivalries by just starting to talk shit on Twitter Amen I think, to that. Amen. I,
1: I, I do. I do. I do think that. Um, but I'm so good the, at it. the funny. The funny thing about Wright State in Northern Kentucky is that, and and J- Jim will definitely. Jim should know this. Is the the rivalry between Wisconsin and Marquette seems a lot more like what what Ricky is describing as Northern Kentucky despises everything that Wright State is and stands for because they're trying to create something. And, and they're like the Marquette in that, whereas the Badger fans really don't care very much about Marquette. And Wright State, like you're saying, really you guys don't really give a crap. It's just another league game. It's 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 interesting that even like a mid-major to a high-major level that that, that can exist together in one. It's kind of – that that itself is funny to me. That we can see that ball. But the one, the one thing I did want to say as far as like, um, as far as like Wright State with a with a Northern Kentucky, is, um, it's definitely a potential thing. But on the same side, I know how guys like Big D think at Wright State. In that, yeah, there's there could be something there, but it's a league game because you just don't know if five in five years. Are either these teams, or both of these teams, or none of these teams going to be members of the conference? Because that conference realignment has just turned everything so far on its head that it has just made it very difficult to really, you know, keep rivalries and stay with rivalries. You know, when I when I was trying to put when I was trying to push our chancellor into, into like you know creating kind of like a mid major super league in the Midwest. I was still trying to like I was still pushing like hey talk about like bring Green Bay along. Like they may not have like the money but like I feel I would feel weird losing that game. Like I just I would I would feel I would feel bad about losing that game like I felt bad when we lost the Loyola game because we it, it was Loyola's our was our closest conference team for so long that I felt you know, I felt bad about it. Like, like You felt like
2: bad it. about not getting that automatic two wins every year. Come on now.
1: No, that, that was the thing. Is that we talked about <laughs> rivals have to beat each other. And Loyola, even when Milwaukee was killing it, Loyola would occasionally, you know, take a, take a victory here or there. You know, 06-07 when Milwaukee was crap, Loyola beat us. I think they swept us that year. Like they, I it, mean, it, it, nobody could see what Loyola was going to be. Um, well. I, you I, know, on the rivalry,
2: I was going to yeah. say, on the rivalry <laughs> front, like nobody could see what Loyola is going to be. I don't think anybody can sit here and tell me for sure what Northern Kentucky is going to be. I know what Wright State is. Wright State is the team that spends near the most money in the league, has the biggest fan base, has some of the nicest facilities, is committed to men's basketball. And yeah. Northern Kentucky has the facilities, has a coach right now, has a little hot streak, but we've seen Milwaukee go cold. We've seen UIC go cold. We've seen Cleveland State go cold. We've seen Detroit go cold. I, Until Northern Kentucky's doing this on a regular basis, which you can't convince me they're necessarily going to do, yeah. uh, I, I wouldn't make that a rivalry either. And to Wright State's point, you don't just talk smack on Twitter and it's a rivalry.
1: Would, would, would you guys be in agreement with me that, like, that Northern we, – we just – it's not that we can say that it's not going to be or we can say that it's going to be. It's that we don't know. Where we have potentials for rivalries, Northern Kentucky has potential to be something special. And because, they, because of where they are and what they are mm-hmm. and what they have and wh- how new they are to this Division One thing, Northern Kentucky has the potential to be a VCU. They do have that potential it's just are they going to be able to capitalize it and as much as you know Ricky will make fun of this whole like you can't create a rivalry on Twitter at the same time like I, I think that that's necessary because you need guys like you need like you need Chris and the Van, Valhalla Vanguard and all those guys to be pushing it for them to care about things like rivalries because on you know when when you get kids to care about rivalries That means they're also taking ownership of their own program. So if you can get an entire student body to really care about the program, that's going to be, that's going to be such a huge deal. And I'm sure we have one last year in LCA before it's like totally done, done. And I would love to see them go back to it because I really, really want Northern Kentucky fans to understand all of the, all of the, complaining that we were doing and Valpo fans were doing and UIC fans were doing and State fans were doing because those are the schools that understand what it is to host that championship game or, or at least UIC's been there and UIC understand UIC gets things that half the conference seems to not fucking get, but like it's nor I, I want Northern Kentucky to see that because Northern Kentucky's got potential. Everything about Northern Kentucky is potential. It should be on their school crest for the moment, but everything has to, they have to, they have to capitalize. And one of those things is creating that rivalry with Wright State. They have to, they have to, they have to push it. So I don't know, man, Ricky, if I were you, I would push it right back because the more that, the more that you can get right Wright State kids, Wright State fans, to care about somebody in conference that you really haven't cared very much for since Butler left. The more you guys can get, can care about a program, the more it'll help you guys in the long run too. And
3: I'll give them props. I love, I love it. I mean, I like, I like what they're doing. I just, I just don't think it's there yet on the right state side, but I, I will give them props. I do love what they're doing with it all.
2: Yeah. How about right state starting a rivalry with IUPUI just to piss off the Northern Kentucky people? <laughs> so that it always has this elitist like we're always looking down at Northern Kentucky, but even we're worried about IUPUI. Now that would be something to can you can know, we, stimulate
3: the Northern Kentucky people. Would be so
1: hilarious!
3: Can we make like a trophy game right now? Can we make this like a de facto like trophy game, and we'll <laughs> we'll do like some exchange on social media?
1: <laughs> yeah, <All> there <right>, <laughs> we go. We're
3: declaring it the the I IUPUI right state border war. There, chris where been, are your where are your
1: chris where are your people like where where, where, where I, the, I am the people <laughs> where's the ooey pooey that, we need the ooey pooeyness everywhere and by the way i know a lot of iUPui people hate that like ooey pooey name but it's a it's, brand that uh, yeah. people yeah, just it's, it's people funny. get it people get it it's like more heads mad
3: stuff. at that it's Chris, let me tell you something, too. I'm still bitter about IUPUI making Wright State play them at 1030 in the morning on a Friday. I was at Um, the game. It was terrible. Oh, crap. (laughs) I don't even remember that. I was watching it. I'm trying to watch it at work, and um, I just hear, like, 8,000, like, kindergartners screaming like i was just like this is oh, the worst. yeah that was an like, elementary oh, school gosh. game oh, yeah oh man. i was so so bit- i'm more bitter about that than anything else so we do that for we right do
1: right that. that for women's basketball oh. and you uic has done it. i, I, I say, say uic
2: that's Out a total uic worked. move
1: <laughs> but it, here's the thing is that uic will even do that for night games Like U- uic will tr- uic will give up like 500 tickets to schools oh ev- like almost every game
0: That reminds me of the. That actually reminds me of the C Y O game Cleveland State used to have at the Woolsey Center, and I avoided that game like the plague because it's always it's like a bunch of little kids running around the the arena. I'm like, and I (laughs) not 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 to yeah I'm yeah I'm you have
1: to buy. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it at that
0: because those little yeah I'm just gonna leave it at that because I I was not a fan not a fan of those games in spite of the fact that there was like you know. I don't know. It's probably one of it's the most like, well. It's like games if
1: you're ever. it's like if you're Dennis Nedry and you're just trying to get your Jeep out of the mud while like watching the watching the game. And you have this little little bastard of a dinosaur gets in there and you think it's cute and then it starts like squeaking and you're like a little annoyed by it, a little worried about it, but you want to get your you wanna get your jeep out of the mud. But instead of like just one of them goes in, sprays him in the face and kills him, all of a sudden it's like thousands of them. And there's no way you can get your Jeep out of the mud, watch the game, because that you just have these like Velociraptors like in your ear. You have to get earplugs to even attend one of those games.
0: Is it sad that it took me like a minute or two to figure out you were making a Jurassic Park
1: reference? I shouldn't have just said Dennis Nedry. I should have (laughs) been. Who the hell is Dennis Dennis Nedry? Come on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, <laughs> and I, and I feel, yeah, as, as, a, as a movie kind of as a yeah, I know it's Newman as a movie connoisseur. Jeez, I should know that. Of course, I haven't seen. Um, so See, if
1: Chad Kenobel were here, he'd make a Seinfeld reference with Newman.
0: There you go. See hey, exactly. Jimmy, yeah, you were you are
2: talking about the IUPUI brand, and this would be a question, you know, for yourself or uh yeah. for Chris. When they had the announcement that IUPI was coming into the league, didn't they have something that, about further marketing updates or branding that was going to come with that? Did anything no, ever happen with that? I mean, am I living under a rock over I, here? I, every, I'm in Milwaukee, but about, am I under a
1: rock? Yeah. Everything's about uh, everything's about promises, and because you, because we're a mid majors, a lot of mid majors don't have to follow through on promises, especially when like there's only like a couple people that'll be like, hey, you know, you said you were going to do this, and you're not doing it. And then they I, can point to well, nobody cares anyways. So, <laughs> no,
0: that's right. I saw actually, I'm, I I actually missed that. I stopped listening when the second they said, "Well, we have plenty of money." That was about a, that was after that after that. I'm like, oh, okay.
1: The thing I, that you the say. thing that the thing that sucks the most for IUPUI is that the University of Indianapolis exists. Yeah, is they, you, this if, is true. If, if, really if you good, Indy didn't exist, really good Man, good that's programmer. the brand. That's the there. brand. Just like UIC should be University of Chicago, except oh that God, already exists. Yeah. Like, you, you can't, you know.
0: It, by the way, it. by the way, Hilarious, it, it's funny. I know with the University of Indy now because my one of my old one of my old bosses is actually like an all-American steeplechaser from there, from U of Indy. Yeah. So like, that's like every time I hear that, I like think it's like, yeah, now I know. I'm like, yeah, but yeah, you have that, too. and. Well, not only you have the university. So you have the University of Indianapolis, you have i u p y and you know that's yeah, that, that seems very confused. I'm sure that seems confusing to people. I'm sure. Hey, but I want to probably why. You, I want to. Yes?
1: I want to get this out before I forget about it. Hey, Jim. Yes. Speaking of rivalries, how about how about Alfonso getting in a two way with the Warriors? <laughs>
2: You know, on one hand, that's awesome for Alfonso. He's a good dude. That was a great team. And on the other hand, you see uh, McKinney in the NBA. You see Brown drafted in the NBA. You see Sykes playing at a high level overseas. You, and you go, man, what a missed opportunity for Green Bay to not make the tournament with that team.
1: I, I so. honestly thought, like, I had been – I had gone to, like, five Green Bay games that weren't with Milwaukee that year. And I, would, I, I thought to myself, like, damn, like, McKinney – is M- M- mckinney is a player if he were if he had been healthy he
2: was an above the rim player i um, mean he just, was he with range if he, was,
1: if he was if he had not had the health issues and i know he had him at eastern and he had him at uh i can't remember the first school he was at but he was if, at
2: eastern he, for two years and then came to green bay for the final three
1: yeah but he started he started at another school and just never even like played like he was gonna red shirt but he left before like, i think he left before like school oh. If he if he had never had any injury problems and he had been able to develop and he had, you know, been able to get you know get the coaching and I I totally believe Wardle could have developed him like that. He I think he would have been the best of the three players. I, I, he would have been absolutely the best of the three, and that would have. I mean, I, I think I said this on Twitter or Reddit or something the other day, but I was like, you know, a, an Alfonso McKinney who's not who did not have any you know, injury history and is allowed to develop would have been the best player on a sweet 16 team. in you know, in the, in that year, like that was a, that was such a great, that was such a great team.
2: And hey, he Ricky, could, do you have any of those the... rally towels? I'm crying over here. I need a little help. <laughs> <laughs> and who did
4: he knock out for that spot at, at Golden State? Kendrick Nunn.
1: Really? Really? Wow. Um, yeah. well, I that's... have no problem with that. Sorry. <laughs> no
4: <that's>, uh, not, <laughs> no that the, which, I forget what it's called, the, like the special contract where it's got the incentive. Two-way. For,
1: no, not yeah, the two way. It, oh,
4: there's another. Okay. There's like a another special name Instead where there's 10? an incentive. Yeah, that. And so, uh, yeah, but he was one of the final cuts where McKinney got the spot.
1: I'm sure. Uh, Ke- I'm sure Kendrick Nunn will have a you know, a, a prosperous career overseas and still at the moment, you can still make more money overseas than you can in the G league. Well, at there's the that.
4: And now uh, the same day that none got cut, Kay Felder got cut from Toronto, which is his like eighth team. I think he's been cut from, and I just keep wondering if he's just going to go over. I know that kid will make a lot of money overseas if he wants it. So
1: well, we had, yeah. we, had, I mean, we have Clay Tucker for, who graduated in 2003 and he's still playing overseas and he's easily a millionaire. I think he was, I think his, his best contract at, uh, I think it was when he was, the year he was on CSK in Moscow. I think he made over a million that year. So you can, you can make a solid, oh, yeah, living. Absolutely. I mean, good, good mid major players uh, can go and make a hundred grand, no taxes, and have all your expenses paid for you, like right off the bat, uh, on like a second, what, on like a second level French league or something. So there's, yeah, there's actually, potential I'm pretty there.
0: sure that- Pretty sure that's what Norris Cole did, because he won, just won a, uh, Norris Cole just won a uh, championship at Bacca Tel Aviv, and now he's in Italy, probably making a crap ton of money.
1: Yeah, if the biggest in, risk those guys in, take. Yeah, go ahead. I said, the
2: biggest risk those guys take, I, there's a book out by uh, Paul Shirley, if you remember that guy from the Suns and the Iowa State Cyclones. He had the hardest time getting paid. He could sign a contract anywhere, but getting the money from Russia or Greece or some of these other yeah, places was dicey fs. That's,
1: def- that's That's definitely true. Um, there, there are a few leagues. because I remember talking to Clay, because when Clay was on Real Madrid, he was he he wasn't he wasn't making as much as he was from CSK in Moscow, but it was it was his his paycheck was deposited like he was they had direct deposit and it was done on time every time, mm-hmm. and it was like the first time in his career that he had had that. So he was <laughs> he he had never like he had never not been paid, but he yeah. but it, you know sometimes it'll take a team like six months to pay out.
4: Well, you gotta Um, if you're playing overseas, then you gotta get in the what is it the basketball tournament and play for overseas elite like Travis Bader was doing, and you know keep winning. Yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. So, Um,
0: I'm going to actually one of the other questions I had, and and Jim, this is uh, something I probably wanted to ask you because this involves Green Bay. What do you guys make of uh, Green Bay putting together this uh, this fan council that they announced a couple weeks ago?
2: You know, I think it's. It goes part and parcel with the new athletic director, Charles Guthrie. He is all business. And when I, I, I totally respect that. And he is thinking about new ways to do things, you know, not to stuck in the academic way that a lot of schools, you know, happen to be like, this is how we've always done it, or, you know, it's not a business. I view him as somebody who understands the academic side of, you know, that the, these, these are higher uh, education. Uh, schools of higher education, but understands it's a business. And as such, you need the fans to be engaged. You need them to be, you know, paying attention to your team. You need them to turn out at the gate. You need them to buy merchandise and wear it. I mean, they've rebranded the logo as an example. They've got more signage on campus for athletics. I like it. I uh, ultimately, like it.
1: Every time I look at it, I like it more. It's a good logo.
2: Yep. And ultimately when you look at what he's doing, he's trying to connect the, the fan to the team and I don't see how that can go poorly. I mean, there's nobody saying they're going to implement any of the ideas. If all the ideas are no good or they don't get any good enough ideas, but they're at least listening to the fan. And it's it costs nothing to do this. It's such a no brainer. And I think it's a great idea.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Anything oh, they can do in Green Bay. And Green Bay has got a. You know, Green Bay has got to bat a thousand with people because you only have six thousand kids, like a private school. So you gotta you gotta get everybody involved. And I love that I love that Green Bay has been able to put together such a solid corporate sponsorship with Bell and Health because you you need to be able to reach out into the community more and more and better. I, I would if I mean if if I were with Green Bay, like if I were up there and I were trying to get people at games. I mean, I would try and I, I I would I would push Packers. I'd be like, look, we'll give you a courtside seat right now. Just come hang out with us tonight, meet the team. Just come, just come, meet the team, watch the game, enjoy yourself. And I know I've seen I've seen Randall Cobb at Green Bay games. Mason I, Crosby. I, I met Mike McCarthy. We went we went over, in, we went over <laughs> and met Mike, Mike, Mike McCarthy at the uh, at the semifinals in fourteen. So, like, I mean, they they show up for it, but it would be nice if, like, you know, Green Bay can take advantage of that, being with being in close proximity to, the, so, to such a religion in this state.
2: Interesting that you say that, because I was talking to Charles earlier this summer, and, and he had mentioned to me that, you know, he's not going to be afraid of going head-to-head with the Packers. And you see that in their schedule this year. They've got two home games on Packer weekends, one against Indiana State, one against Belmont. And his thought process is that in the past we lived in fear of the Packers and kind of bowed down to the Packers. And the basketball fan may not be a total crossover to the Packer fan. So why not just play your games and do your thing? And if people are going to come out, they're going to come out. And if you've got a good product, they're going to come out. We're, and um, yeah. you see them going head-to-head and saying, hey, we're going to figure out a way to play games. I mean, they're playing a Friday afternoon game against Indiana State on campus because it just works better for the Packer weekend. They want to play the game, they're going to play the game. And see, I, I think I would, that's great. I would,
1: love, I would love on a day that the Packers play at like 3 o'clock, I would love it if Green Bay was like, okay, we're going to play an eleven o'clock game at the at the t- at, on a day when the Packers play at three, and then literally like push people who are like, you know, try and work it out with the Packers. Be like, hey, you're, you know, you're, you're selling you're selling a uh, tailgate tailgate passes ahead of time. You know, how about we like include? You know, see if we can like figure out how to include a way to. You know, get somebody discount tickets, or maybe even like, here's a here's two free tickets if you buy one. You know, or uh, say buy two get two free, whatever you got to do. But like, make it so like people will like will like, okay, we can go, and you or and give them an ability to park early for the Packer game, if it's a Sunday night game or a Sunday afternoon game rather than the noon game, and then give it so you you can you can parlay that in the hey, try like like, yeah, go head to head with them but also use them, you know, you got to use what you got. And if you can like give somebody a benefit uh, to like, okay, if you, you know, pay another 20 bucks, not only can you park in early, but you get tickets to this basketball game and then you'll have three hours to tailgate outside. Maybe you can pick up, you know, a couple hundred people that way. Cause I think there's, I think there's plenty of people who would be happy to, you know, sit and wait for the Packer game and watch a college basketball game at the same time. And where. And uh, uh, more importantly, a college basketball game where you can actually sit and drink beer. Like that's, it's it's the Rush Center's proximity to Lambeau Field cannot be overstated. And I think too too much of the time, a lot of Green Bay fans and I, I don't, I'm guilty of this too, kind of look at it as this shadow that's cast over the program, rather than something that maybe we shouldn't. That maybe like we should be like not just going right up against, which I totally like that too, but also taking advantage of it. You know, I definitely can see
2: where you're coming from. Uh, you know, on one hand, you're only one step away from having a playground game in the parking lot in, uh, in yeah. December, which would be yeah. something, you know, shoveling the ground between timeouts. But, uh, you know, when I, I think of something that your coach, Pat Baldwin, says all the time, and I love it, I use it at work all the time. I said, make every day your big time. And I kind of yeah. like the idea of making every game day for Green Bay its own big time. And people buy into that atmosphere, especially if you have that winning team uh, going. Totally. So I can see where you're coming from. And yet by the other flip side of that, I love the idea of saying, hey, we're our own brand. And we want you to come out and see our brand. And we're going to make it a big time atmosphere for you. Uh, they've got a lot of great promotions going on. They've partnered with the Aspire Group uh, yeah. coming up this year. I know a lot of the teams have done that. I really think there's some opportunity to improve fan attendance on the Green Bay side because they're coming off their worst year in a long time. Uh, but I think it's going to step up this year for them mainly because of how they're going about their scheduling, better schedule and willing to take on uh, tough weekends that they would have stayed away from in the past. For sure.
0: sure. So you guys got it. So Green Bay has the Aspire group uh, works with partners with the Aspire group.
2: They do. That is new for this year. So that that's is total. Yep, yeah, That's totally additive to what they're doing. So Aspire is trying sure. to bring on new donations, new ticket sales, as opposed to, you know, glomming on to what they already have you guys,
1: you guys should for for, for the listeners who don't know what aspire is you should explain it. um
0: the aspire group is um they they are more on the management side i know cleveland state has had them uh, has partnered with them uh for about a year to uh work on primarily ticket sales within athletics which is funny you mentioned them because you know cleveland state partnered with aspire last year and <laughs> I haven't seen the difference in attendance. And I sure as hell haven't seen the difference in any promotions. And which brings me to my – actually, which brings me to my other question is, you know, what, what other schools would kind of benefit from kind of having a fan council? I know Cleveland State sure as hell would.
1: IUPUI.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, 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 to me, I think it, that, that set up there – I think the way that Green Bay is approaching it I think is an is an outstanding idea because uh, it's from what it sounds like they're kind of trying to pull from they're trying kind of getting feedback from you know both students and alumni and the community and, and at least trying to get some meaningful feedback and I'm not you know, at, at a Cleveland State, I never see that, and it pisses me off all the time. It's, I don't know, uh, if, you noticed, I it's don't know a, if you guys noticed that at all. but
2: <laughs> it's, a, it's a process of getting people to advocate for your program. I mean, if people think that every day it's just some rinky-dink operation, they're not going to put themselves out there and say, exactly. you know, let's talk about Green Bay. And you look at, even though he's arch rival, you look at what Jimmy's done with his Panther U, with his social media platform, like he's advocating for Milwaukee every day. And that's what, you know, that's what some of these programs need. They need advocates that are out there living the brand, being part of it, wearing the gear, talking about basketball, going to the games, not complaining about everything, but seeing seeing the good in it and showing up and, and people feed off of that. I mean, I have friends of mine that didn't go to Green Bay, that go to Green Bay games, go to road games with me because they sense the passion that I have for it.
1: I think the Milwaukee fans, myself included, probably more than most should probably listen to the whole not complaining part of what you just said <laughs> oh. way too much time complaining.
2: I mean some of those guys are way down the rabbit hole of negativity now I mean they're they're better off just stop being basketball fans for a while than, it's
1: uh, a yeah it's it got bad it got bad it was it was Rob Jeter was not Bruce Pearl that was that was a big part of the problem um he wasn't as successful as Bruce Pearl. Milwaukee fans got this idea that because of what Bruce Pearl did, all of a sudden that's something we should expect, or something close to it is something that we should expect. Like, I'm not kidding when fans would have immediately wanted the, the Panthers to all of a sudden be an NCAA tournament three out of four years and win a game on uh, one of those four. You know, they want to win in the NCAA tournament once every four years. I don't think that's a bad goal. But I also didn't think that it, it was, it was, it was a lot to expect of a program that was so, so new to success, especially when you were switching over to a new coaching staff. And that really kind of created this rift where there were those of us, like I came right after Bruce Pearl. So Bruce Pearl left and Jeter got hired. And then I came that fall. I mean, I had been to a few games when I was in high school, but I, I and that was my first, I I was. I was definitely like a Rob Jeter guy. And there were a lot of people that had been around when Pearl was there and were tired of not getting there. And, and and there were even some of them that were just never accepted accepted him even in the beginning. Like I remember they beat Oklahoma in the NCAA tournament in all six. And you had these fans complaining that uh, after the loss to Florida, like, Oh, you know, we should have won that. And then, All of a sudden, like Florida wins a national title and then they do it the next year again. And you have these fans that they don't remember why, but they remember that they didn't like that Jeter only went one, 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 one game in his first year. And it was, it was, it was just this chasm of negativity. And I love, I would love for the program to kind of reset. And the problem is that, like the the people that have been on it with with me on my side, I guess I would call it, is that th- they've had a hard time accepting Pat Baldwin, because we know what he is, which is a guy that Amanda hired that wasn't going to ruffle, so that he's just going to let her do you know whatever she wanted. He wasn't going to try and question. It.
0: I don't, Jimmy, uh, to your point, I don't think it, and it, it, maybe that in, in your case, obvi- in, in Milwaukee's case, obviously, there's a, there's, there's going to be, you know, it it goes, it goes, you know, it breaks bad really quickly. Uh, and actually, I, I, think say, we'll, we'll,
1: I think we'll be, I think we'll be better when she's gone. Time, I think, think we'll be better when she's gone. And I feel bad that, I feel bad that, I, that all of the negative your, publicity that brought her probably stopped case, her from though, advancing in her career, which would have gotten her out of here. uh, uh,
0: To your point, though, it's uh, to me, it doesn't sound like to me, it sounds like demanding some level of accountability. That's what it sounds like to me, at least, is that you you see misstep after misstep after misstep and you can only take but so much. And then, you know, after a certain point, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to blow up or you're going to walk away. Yeah, and I and I, I don't you know it's and, and all the you know all that hope you had about you know potentially new coach, new AD, whatever you know after a certain point it kind of gets beaten into the ground.
1: I really don't want to no. deal
0: and and you know after you know and then you know, you get to a point where you're you know sitting there years later you know and you, you feel like you're beating your head against the wall and yeah. who wants to deal with that. And who wants to deal with
1: that as a question. And this I is I mean it's, kind of it's why I've stuff. taken a so I've taken a pretty far step back in the last yeah. couple of years. Like it was it, I mean I I saw what was done to the program and obviously the proof is in the pudding. You know, they they exaggerate attendance and they're putting 1200 people on the on the scoreboard on the, on, the, on the box score. Like when you when you have to exaggerate attendance to get to 1200 there's something seriously, seriously wrong. Uh, Amanda went and hired a kid named Adam Shem. I shouldn't call him a kid because he's a year older than me, but uh, Amanda went and hired a kid, a guy named Adam Shem who was a, he was a, um, he was an intern when I was in school. And I think Adam going back to that negativity, Adam is the antithesis. He's, he's complete opposite of it. He's unfailingly positive. He's, He's good with everybody, and for me, any hope that I would have would be based on him being there. And Leah Tyne, who is our and who runs marketing, and I think she got another promotion this offseason. Like, I just yeah, having having a couple people that I believe in in the athletic department helps me. Uh, and I'm always with the guys on SID. Like the you know, so there are people in that athletic department that I you know I trust and believe in. And at the same time, I'm like I I just I can't. I can't get past seeing this person. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. I can't get past seeing this person. You know, one thing in Milwaukee's
2: case, I can understand the perspective, but there were a lot of missteps before, Amanda. I think There definitely
1: were. There definitely were.
2: Part of what the league needs, and I think Wright State's done a great job with this, I think Green Bay's done a great job with this, is that they've never really bottomed out. Even when they've been bad, they've never bottomed out. Where Milwaukee, you know, they've had a year or two post- ncaa tournament success where they've i mean bottomed out uic is bottomed out csu is bottomed out and having that support at the you know the chancellor school president level the athletic director level i'd be curious i think matt's back on the call doesn't uh oakland have a new athletic director we do um
4: our other guy blinking on names right now my mind's not there he just just took off to uh, on northeastern in boston so yeah. yeah Cognac area. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. How do
0: I don't want to know that? Blank. You don't.
1: I'm blanked Cognac, right now. Jeff, did you just say Jeff, you guys Jeff been Cognac already Bay left Bay Northeastern? Bay.
0: What's that? He left, for North, 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 he left he
1: left for
4: Northeastern. No, North 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 North.
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you said like he jumped from there. All right. Okay. No, no, no he yeah. jumped you know,
4: from Sorry, I just tuned out because you guys have been talking so much about all the other stuff in Milwaukee and all that. I <laughs> Sorry. Like my brain here. No, you're good.
2: Do you, I mean, when I look at Oakland, you know, as a school, obviously you've got the student body, you've got, you know, decent funds for uh, sports. I think that the athletic director there mentioned on the facility front, they're a little light. I've been to the arena. It's definitely a little bit light in terms of what the rest of the league or much well, of the rest of the league here's,
4: has. Here's the thing with the arena. Yeah, it's smaller, but that's kind of on purpose. When we that place gets filled and you've got 4,000 people going up, It's loud. It's it's a better home court advantage and, than almost anybody else's. put and out there.
1: I, I, mean, I I I don't think it should be. I don't I don't think you can underestimate what the trend is in sports overall. In college basketball, has felt it more than some of the other sports. Is that people you're getting fewer people to go to games. Yeah. You're not having fewer fans, but big but fans having the ability to watch a game from home, and that's something the that Horizon League definitely feels right now. Is those fans are less likely to actually make the trip to the arena to watch the game. So you, so you're seeing attendance drop pretty much everywhere.
2: I can definitely agree that you, you don't need a bigger arena, but when I think of the old arena in particular, I mean, the, the, amenities there yeah, are just that's awful.
1: what I'm saying like, sh- sh- you know, like, like when you go to the game it's be, not a good yeah. experience other than yeah. the fan you
2: know the loudness of it I mean I don't know if Matt do you agree with that when I was there I, I felt like I had to go way up in the corner or down and around into like the hallway to get a hot dog and I, I mean, can't imagine that the players have a good experience with locker rooms and practice courts and everything else
4: well the practice court is an issue though they don't have one that's just it we they share that facility between all sports volleyball all of it. that's the practice facility is actually the biggest issue, but from a fan experience, I've never had an issue. Um, I think most people enjoy it. I mean, like, yeah, concessions, nothing special, but, I mean, it's not not bad. I mean, we've got, a, you know, M- Michigan does the Coney Island thing a lot. We've got a national Coney Island that's, I think, slinging out of there. Like, it's all good by me. Um, and oh, yeah. actually, for, you know, um, somebody was talking about, you know, attendance is down for me personally. I'm going to attend more games this year because um, Oakland has signed on to the ESPN three plus thing where I now have to pay for more games. And I'm not paying ESPN for to watch games. I, I'd rather go to the arena at that point.
1: Yeah,
2: I will say this. When I was at the o arena, the concessions weren't great, but they were better than when I was at um, Detroit Mercy, where they were ordering pizzas and then selling it by the slice. Like in the in the
4: hallway. Oh sure, yeah, that up. place is a joke. let let's. I I I almost feel bad kicking. Turkey's not even here to defend them. There's that 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 building is just an atrocity. Like as much as we joke about it, it's true. I have had to wipe dust off of off of seats in the other <sighs> hall before sitting down.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were ordering Papa John's. I went out there right before halftime and they didn't have anything. They said, come back in five minutes, we're getting Papa John's delivered. And then they're selling it by the slice.
4: Just totally ridiculous. Oh, well. there should not surprise anybody that they're ordering Papa John's either, but that's probably more a political statement why? than anything.
1: In, in Detroit, why why the heck aren't they just going to get Little Caesars, man? <laughs> you guys, that else. I mean, I I've, I haven't been to the LCA that's yet. A, yeah, that's a, yeah, that but seems like... The yeah. Joe had the best concessions I've ever experienced. I went to, a, we went to a, a Detroit, my, my friends and I went, took a trip to Detroit, I think it was like 2009 or so. We, we took a trip to Detroit, we watched the game. That game was like 11 in the morning on a Saturday. And then the night we decided we were going to, instead of going back to Milwaukee, we decided to stop and um, we, we went to the Red Wings game at the Joe. They were playing the Senators. And I got a I got a pizza a pepperoni pizza it was fifteen dollars and I'm thinking like okay I see the box that shit's got to be like a tiny little circle because it was like it was like thirteen inches square box I'm thinking that thing's got to be like a small like six inch pizza and I got there and I'll be damned if that entire box wasn't full of Little Caesars pizza and not like <laughs> a hot and ready pizza but like one they just made so it was like
4: gotta make hot sure and that ready no and actually tasted it. good. Oh if you man watch, it was if super good stuff. You know it's uh, it's funny you talk about
2: cool. uh, the Joe versus Little Caesars Arena. I was at both for Motor City Madness and whatever you want to say about the idea of Motor City Madness we did that in the first uh, episode. The venue, the Horizon League was really lucky to be in probably one of the top venues in the country. That was beautiful. Unreal. Sure. Unreal. Oh, yeah. It was I mean they're going to be hard pressed and to find something on equal footing because Little Caesars Arena was amazing. I walked in there, I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. Now, subsequently, I've been to the Fiserv Forum, and I feel like Fiserv has a better overall uh, viewing experience, but the amenities at Little Caesars were top-notch.
4: It's a beautiful facility. We were way lucky to be in there, and people don't realize it, but that's fine. I mean, everyone wants their on campus. We talked about it in the last episode. You're you're, you're not gonna be as happy as you think you are, I don't think, but... No. Yeah.
0: all right so with that I'm gonna go ahead and I' go uh, ahead and wrap this up gentlemen um, it was a pleasure having you guys all on once again or for the first time for that matter um, Hello. all right we appreciate it and um, we will, uh, we will go ahead and wrap this up. So you can listen to episodes, all episodes of the Horizon Roundtable from the very beginning, with the exception, of course, Jimmy's uh, first episode from 2013 that's on YouTube somewhere. Whole other episode from a okay. whole other day. Um, but you, uh, we're at sportshacks.com, H-A-X.com, and you can find us. You can actually find us on um, all your podcast uh, apps, uh, Google Home, Alexa, uh, we have a YouTube channel uh, too on Sports Hacks, Too, you can actually find us there. So uh, we will, we will see. We will. Uh, we look forward to uh, having uh, you know to the next episode. And uh, thank you all for listening.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having us,
4: thanks,
0: Bob.
1: Seriously, this was.